0: Welcome everyone to today's episode called A Holistic Approach to Authorship. And if you've been listening to the show, even at least one episode, you probably have a sense of what we're doing over here. It's truly helping you to take on authorship as an experience that not only transforms you, but also transforms your readers, your business, the world. Like this is about the truly holistic um, journey that writing can be. So I am so thrilled that we have with us today, Dr. Nikki Elliott. Um, And I'm thrilled for a couple of reasons because we have published a couple of Dr. Nikki's books. Um, She has two books out called The Intuitive Mother, and the other one is called I Feel Your Pain, which is a seven-step survival guide for empaths, intuitives, and highly sensitive people. So I know Nikki personally, I met her years ago in San Diego in a very crowded seminar room, and here we are all these years later, but I haven't spoken with her in quite a while. So it's really sweet for me to be with Dr. Nikki today. and sharing just you know her amazing brilliance. So welcome, Dr. Nikki, to the the, uh, the show, the podcast, the episode, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Christine's World. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank
1: you. I love being in Christine's world. There's no better place.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that! Thank you, thank you. And I I do want to officially introduce Nikki. You just heard me talk about a little of my personal relationship with her and the work we've done as um, her publisher, but. She has one of the most impressive bios I think I've ever read. So Dr. Nikki Elliott is a clinical professor of education at the University of Laverne's Lafetra College of Education. She currently serves as co-director of the Center for Neurodiversity, Learning, and Wellness and is an author, speaker, and trader in the fields of mindfulness, holistic education, healing-centered engagement, and intuition development. She's the founder of the Mindful Leaders Project, which is a program designed to help teachers, school leaders, and other helping professionals increase personal well-being while utilizing mindfulness strategies to drive diversity and equity initiatives. She earned her bachelor's at UC Berkeley, a master's in teaching credential at Teachers College, Columbia University, and a PhD in education from UCLA. But in addition to all of that amazing academic sort of cr- credentials, she has also studied holistic wellness techniques for nearly 20 years and is certified to teach yoga, breath work, mindfulness meditation, and mind-body energy healing so you can see why Dr. Nikki is the perfect person to be talking about a holistic approach to authorship, right? Am I right? I mean, you're it, girl. You're really, (laughs) like, you're it. Um, So as I love to start off my show, I always like to ask my guests, how did you land in the world of authorship? Like, how did that unfold for you?
1: Authorship, I would say for me, um, my journey into authorship was actually an an opportunity that I needed to take for myself to kind of reconcile this spiritual aspect of me with the academic Ivy League. You know, everything must be proven with logic and research. And if it isn't, it doesn't exist. Um, For me, I had an experience in my life, a traumatic experience, which on the other end of that, Um, opened up, I would say, spiritual, intuitive, empathic capacities in me that I did not experience before. Mm. And it was very difficult for me in those years, early years, because nothing in my religious training as, you know, Catholic reformed to, you know, non-denominational Christian, not in my academic background and training, not in my career as a traditional educator and teacher educator, made space for these intuitive experiences that I started having after my traumatic blood shock. And as a result of my determination to recover my sense of identity, well being, and to create space for these very real um, spiritual experiences that I was having, I needed to go on a journey with that and see how it was playing out in my life. I needed to know for myself when I have these dreams and I have these premonitions. They're coming to pass. And, okay, if I felt somebody's pain in my body or uh, this message about a family member or my child, more times than not, that, that premonition or that intuitive voice that I heard, it played out. And so um, writing The Intuitive Mother in my first book, I was inspired to do it because it helped me give voice to what I was experiencing and to lay that experience out in a way where I said, if there's only one other mother who can be helped. By my journey to learn how to trust this intuitive voice, to not continually shut it down, to not continually believe that I don't have any capacity within me to know beyond logic what I need to do for, as a mother, what I need to do for my children, what I need to do to recover my health. Um, if there was only one person that could be liberated to to not automatically assume that these ways of knowing beyond logic were pathological or indications automatically of mental illness, then it would help me continue to bring healing and and, and integration of myself, integrating these academic and traditional knowledge-based pieces of me and traditional religious framework with this expanding experience that I was having of myself of being more than just this brain and mind that we
0: occupy. Mm, What an incredible journey. And like, this is what I find so many of my clients and the people that I work with. It's like the writing is a part of a healing journey, uh, an embodiment journey, an integration journey, a journey of alignment, a journey of, you know, bringing back perhaps disowned parts, you know, parts Mm -hmm. of us that we forgot or that we don't understand. Like the very process of writing the book Mm -hmm. helps us come into that more. Um, aligned and I think authentic and integrated sense of self is that, I mean, that I'm pretty sure I don't want to put words in your mouth, um, but is that pretty much what writing the intuitive mother did for you?
1: It absolutely did. Because again, you know, in those early years of really being cracked open and, and a lot of research that I've done since then, it's been over 20 years now, showed me that is kind of well known in a lot of, you know, holistic circles of psychology and and mental health, that these traumas that we go through can be like what they say, cracking open the windows of the soul. Whereas for many of us, especially those of us trained as academics and professionals and very logic and science oriented people and religious frameworks that really demonize these experiences, we don't create space for the possibility that there's more to us until we get cracked open and we are forced to face these expanded versions of ourselves and then find that way to integrate. And it was in the writing that allowed me to to do that and to create a framework for myself where I could defend it. Yeah, defend it is the word. Because I almost felt like I had to defend the fact that I had these experiences going back into university settings and into traditional school settings to say how I knew something that nobody else could know. And it was in the writing of it and the validation of it for myself that gave me the courage to go, you know what, There's a body of evidence that suggests that I'm an intelligent, rational human being. So if I throw this other piece of me out there, they can handle that. And I'm not going (laughs) to let it cause to question my sanity or my belongingness, you know, in a space of leadership. And it has been quite liberating because I cannot tell you the number of people from both the intuitive mother and then now from I Feel Your Pain who write to me and say that these messages validated them, kept them from considering suicide, kept them from believing that they were... Um, You know, mentally ill when, and I'm not making a judgment about mental illness, but I think that we need a wider range of evaluation of what people are experiencing. And sometimes, yes, it would fall definitely in mental illness, but I've come across a lot of mental health professionals that told me my writing gave them a much more expanded lens to view their patients and clients and to consider the spiritual experience and this expanded energy awareness as a possibility of being real in people's frameworks. And it totally changed the way they treat their patients.
0: Oh, so really, and I remember, like I remember the moment I met you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't meet me quite the moment I met you because you were the <laughs> one in the front of the room and I was the one in the audience and you yes. were the one who was speaking about this book that you had written and it had literally been edited, but gathering cyber dust, what was it like three years? It three was just sitting? years,
1: a finished book sat on my desktop for three years. <laughs>
0: until this fateful day where you had the courage to stand up and give voice to it with some tears from what I recall about this yes. book. And I just had to run to you immediately on that break and be like, come on, girl, we're going to, let's get this thing done. And it got done. And I think it wasn't even a few weeks after your book came out where you received your first letter yes. from a mother who chose not to end it mm-hmm. because of what, you shared. Yes. Um, would you share, like, what was it like for you? Cause we have a lot of people listening. Some, some of whom are published, but we have lots who are in the process mm-hmm. and they're kind of working towards that day where they get a note from a reader saying, thank you. Thank you for whatever, saving my life. Thank you for yeah. saving my marriage. Thank you for helping me see a way out. What was it like for you having, especially having it done and sitting for three years, gathering cyber dust and then hearing a story about how you saved, you know, your words save someone's life.
1: Yes, I I would say it validated the courage that it took me this, to, you know, to stand on that stage. And I would say that letter, even if that had been the only letter I ever received, if that had been the only person who ever read my book, it would have been worth it. Um, because the reason that book sat for three years was because I was afraid, it took enough to write it and then growth in my own personal healing process. It took a whole nother level of courage to actually publish that book. And be publicly seen in the world as a woman who says she has dreams that instruct her, or a voice that tells her, you know, what her child needs, or um, and, the, and opening yourself to that level of scrutiny when the things you write about um, are, don't go along with the dominant cultural paradigm. And so that moment when I met you and you said we're getting this book published, I said okay, you know, when when I got that letter, it, it just said every risk you take from now on is worth it. I It, it just filled my heart to overflow. And, and, and I won't say that it completely re- released and erased every bit of fear that I have, because even today, as I am elevating even more in my career and being known even more for the mindfulness and the science, these pieces of intuition work, um, things that people come to me quietly for. I have professors come to me quietly. I have physicians. I have ministers. I have attorneys that are all intuitive and empathic. And they go, I could never say out loud in my professional spaces that I have these experiences. Thank you so much for giving voice to what I go through. Could you help me learn how to manage this? Could you help me learn how to navigate it? It makes me sick. I get sick when I'm around people. Um, I can't sleep well at night. I can't stop my mind from racing. And so my work has turned into actually capturing quietly all of these high level, highly educated professionals who have this same experience. And what that first letter showed me was like, this work is not for everybody. And you always talk about niche, you know, what's your niche, who's your audience? I'm like, well, all mothers. Well, maybe it's not for all mothers. It's for the mothers who are experiencing what I'm experiencing. And there's nobody else but me giving voice to that experience so that they can see a reflection of themselves. So once I stopped trying to please what every mother wanted to read in my book, and I realized that there's a percentage of mothers who have my same experience and have no community to discuss this, and it could keep them from ending their life. I, every day I get up to find those people. It's like a scavenger hunt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's such a wonderful way to look at it because I know I you know continue to coach others. I'm like, no, 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 can't a book written for everyone is written for no one like you really have to be clear on who you're writing for and who you're not writing for Mm -hmm. and i love that you were able to really liberate liberate your voice and it's like you just you dropped so many like little you know nuggets of truth and wisdom in there and one of the things that i really got from everything you just shared is the importance of letting all of yourself be seen Mm -hmm. right because if you held back on the pages i mean that child might not have their mother yeah Right, If you held back, if you didn't bring your full steps, so your your full self to the process, so what does it mean to you when you talk about a holistic approach to authorship, right? we're kind of already dancing in that conversation around you know bringing every aspect you know the brilliant um academic and educator, and you know the incredibly intuitive right and and gifted. Woman that had these gifts open up through trauma, unfortunately, but the gifts opened nonetheless.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, what does it mean to you to take a holistic approach to authorship?
1: I would say for me um, sometimes when i when I think about how I was educated or encouraged to write a book before I met you or you know before I thought about it the way that I'm currently approaching it, it was what's your expertise? what do you know, who needs to know what you know, craft the process to dispense your knowledge to these poor little people who don't know, and now you're the expert. And I think that that's kind of like this idea of a one-way transmission of a knowledge base or an expertise. But for me, this holistic approach to, ed- to writing and to authorship was I opened myself up from the beginning to be transformed by what was wanting to come onto the page. So at every point of sharing what it meant to be an intuitive mother, every time in my personal life, while I'm writing the book, and even now today, when I'm making a decision about my children, now, is that in alignment with what I say about intuition? If I'm holding the hard line, let's say now in COVID, why am I making my high school student wake up at eight o'clock in the morning to sit behind a computer? When we know the research says that a teenager should maybe start school later and she could do this work a completely different way, and I'm hearing her spirit holler out for something other, why why would we redo this in home when this is a perfect opportunity? So if I say, why am i not am I constantly applying what I know? am I constantly applying what i'm sharing with others, and when I sit with that intuitively and I keep remembering no, you're not making a decision based on the hysteria of the current times, sit back intuitively, talk to your child and design an educational experience that fits her needs and tune out the world. So it's constantly calling me back to be who I say I am, to be the thing that I wrote on this paper and to keep it fresh and to keep it alive and to know that I'm constantly being transformed by the words I put on a page as much as I'm creating space and an invitation for the people who read the work to call. And so that holistic authorship keeps evolving me every time I interact with someone who reads my book. They challenge me to grow and grow higher and stay in integrity with what I put on the page. And the pages themselves hold me to a high level of accountability to continue to, continue to evolve. So even though that book is like six or seven years old, it is a very living, very much a living document and a living challenge to me as an individual and as a soul.
0: I love that. A living document and a living challenge, right? To live up to the words that you put on the pages of your own book. I mean, mm-hmm. so brilliant. This is what it's, this is exactly what it's about. And as you were just talking, I had this visual of, um, you know, those like circular um driveways in like multi-story parking garages that just circle up and up and up, or like what the Guggenheim museum looks like in New York city. It's like this constant spiral circling up And when you were just talking, that's a visual that I got. It's like, you're like, you might be back at the same point again, perhaps, you know, and looking at the same pages of your own book and like adopting that wisdom and really using it in relationship to parenting your own child. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's never at the same level, right? Right. It's never at the same level. It's always ascending and ascending and spiraling and ascending. That is, um, that is wanted to share that visual because of that was beautiful. That's, that's what working.
1: I feel. I absolutely feel we'd be we visited again, but at a higher level with a higher level of awareness with a truly for me, a higher level of embodiment. Like I'm at a point now where I can stand in my university and speak directly to leaders. I did it last week about intuition. Mm. And I know there were some people getting (laughs) doctorates in education leadership that thought I was the cookiest thing to be talking about knowing beyond logic. But then I had people privately chatting me in the Zoom. Thank you so much. I never thought I would hear about intuition in the academic space. You're speaking to my heart. I thought I was crazy with these experiences. Can I reach out to you personally? You know. And So again, some people did put it in the open chat, but so many more put it in the private. Why? Because there's still that stigma that saying you have visions or you have auditory experiences or you have empathic intuition that you can feel a person's pain in your body and know that that person next to you has breast cancer somehow and you don't know how. Um, that, 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 That admitting that awareness disqualifies you for leadership in the public space and it's absolutely not true. So giving people that space just really up levels everything we all need because we need intuitive leadership and decision-making because what we know logically from what we see in front of us is obviously not working in our culture right now.
0: Yeah, I think I think you could definitely say that. I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Nikki for president. <laughs> but anyway.
1: <laughs> but it's it's that alignment, right? So we're not yeah. asking for the intuition to dominate, we're not asking for the intellect to dominate, but when you give people permission to be holistic, they can rest side by side and inform each other and that's when we get the breakthrough strategies and solutions and the inventions and the innovations that take us to the next level. So helping people understand why it's essential to integrate that intuitive part of themselves with their logical, rational mind to have it, again, balancing the masculine and feminine energies of ourselves, the rational, intuitive energies. Nothing wants to live alone out of balance. And and for me... Creating this space for this holistic conversation, whether it be in parenting or the intuition conversation being in academic spaces and professional spaces and leadership is all for the same thing because that integration of our wholeness is what gives us our total power.
0: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more. I've had so many waves of goosebumps as we're in this conversation. I'm like, yes, affirmation, affirmation, truth spoken affirmation. Yeah, So amazing. And you know, it's so aligned with what you, all of our listeners, what you're doing with your book. Like you can't just sit down and like intellectually try to force your way through this transformational book. Like it doesn't happen. You know, what I tell my clients is when they're stuck writing, I'm like, go sit under a tree. Mm -hmm. You know, go lay on the grass, Mm -hmm. go soak in the bath, go listen to your favorite Ah. meditation, go do something to like sink into that void where nothing and everything, you know, exists simultaneously inside of you. Like go do that. Yes. And I, you know, just miracle after miracle when people are willing to, you know, use their... Wisdom and their smarts and their intellect, if you will, but also make sure that it is balanced mm-hmm. with the invisible where the book is already written, every word of it is already written, like you can mm-hmm. access at levels and just let information come through yes, um so I love that's it. been it's- a
1: tremendous gift as' an auditory intuitive, if I can really get into that space, you can just hear it, you know. Um, And I've heard people like Charles Dickens would say that he could just meditate or relax and the characters would come alive and dictate the story to him. I've heard many authors say that they hear their characters dictate their stories Uh, Mm -hmm. and and just being in that space and making it possible. You know, the person who discovered that got the Nobel Prize for the DNA helix had it, dreamt it, you know, so it's so much space for us to tap into those intuitive realms as an author is fantastic, especially if you can uh, develop your auditory intuition skill.
0: <laughs> do I detect that you might really like your auditory? Um, I do, especially for
1: speaking. Skills. For public <laughs> speaking, is the best because you just hear it. You know, it just is like pouring through. But like Martin Luther King, I have a dream that was not on the paper. Right. <laughs> right? So it's at a moment where that larger vision of the universe, of God's spirit, however you want to call it, it just, it takes over and it can work through us and bring the genius through us. But it works through the filter of all of our preparation, all of our academic knowledge and expertise and life experience and the traumas and the successes and victories. That spirit, when it pours through all of what we are and all of what we've prepared and all of our knowledge base, it shines us through as a genius in that domain.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And I actually want to back up for a moment to something you mentioned probably 10 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And that was about um, how you can kind of tap into and access this intuition to kind of find ground. Now you were speaking specifically, you know, with all the different things and the people saying how you're supposed to parent a child who's, you know, at home doing education, the pandemic, you're like, Mm -hmm. wait, wait a second. I'm going to like, I'm just going to shut out all of that and i'm going to tune into what's right for my child mm-hmm. in their academic situation right now and their education in the middle of pandemic and in the world of you know so many crises that we're experiencing in the world how like what just this isn't necessarily about authorship this is more about a holistic approach really to living life mm-hmm. in these ever evolving and interesting times But can you just expand on that a little bit more? Because we might have some people listening right now who are feeling just bombarded with all of this information and news and, you know, more of it unfavorable than favorable or challenging than soothing, you know, stirring rather than calming. Um, What words of wisdom do you have for the people who like, but how, how, how do, how do I like stop listening to everything out there that maybe is putting people into a deep you know state of fear or doubt or what have you um how, how how do you recommend that they just tune back in to like the truth that's deeper and higher than all this noise we're experiencing in the moment on the planet
1: so thank you a, a few things that i do that help me is i f- find balanced and trusted sources you know of news, I stop with visual media for the most part. So if, if you notice, like things that stay on loop, when you're seeing it over and over and over and repeating the same news over and over and over. Um, I And I've taken my news written in print versus in the visual so that I have more ability to discern. Well, that statistic says that, but what they didn't ask is this, or what they did, what they left out, so that I can filter. Oh, I'm not getting the whole picture here, right? So I I I put boundaries around how I take in media. First of all, that's one big helpful thing because what I know again from studying neurobiology and, and, and teaching teachers is that our nervous systems are designed to ask, "Am I safe? Do they like me?" And am I good enough to belong here? So I have to protect my nervous system from media, marketing. Everything is designed to yank our nervous system chain. And so you will see the news is positioned in a way that says, if you don't do this, if you don't vote for this, you won't be safe. They're going to come and tear up your neighborhood. If you don't buy this car, they're not going to like you because you won't be sexy. If you don't. So if you think of it, everything in our environment says, if you don't buy into this, you won't be okay. And then if, we're, if we leave that unfiltered, our, constant, our nervous system are constantly in anxiety and fear or whatever, and you cannot access your intuitive mind from that space. Mm. So from that understanding, that's where my meditation practices and my mindfulness practices create space between me and those triggers that are int- intended to hijack our nervous systems and keep our amygdala active and keep us in the fight, flight, or shutdown mode. And really that's overbombarding of information and disinformation is really meant to make you shut down and tune out because you can't figure it out. And so you just stop participating altogether. We cannot afford to do that. And so I, I. I follow the news as from the sources that I trust, which I really, really not get into the politics of that. And then I just take the still small course and say, show me what I, do I need to go? Do I need to react to this? Do I need to not react to this? So in every moment when I can get into those still points, it's like putting that energetic bubble around yourself. You can take in all the news, all the information and go, what is mine to do with this information? Do I need to act? Do I need to react? Do I need to sell my house and move? So I got a guidance to move from where I was since the pandemic. I moved into a, a, out of the city further from where I would have preferred to stay and Realigning my life, reducing my expenses, other things that make it so that I can participate in life in a way that's more manageable for my family. So I got that hit. It's time to move. But like, I don't really want to move from here. Mm-hmm. And the minute I really leaned into the guidance, I have, I'm have i living in an amazing house right now where the mortgage is less than the rent that I was paying. And so that creates freedom and spaciousness within the pandemic to make other choices, whereas someone else might have got an intuitive hit that says move further away or reduce your hours or change your job or relate to your children in a different way. And you will say, no, I have to maintain the status quo. I can't let it go. I can't let it go. And then we don't know why life gets hard for us because Mm. we're constantly getting guidance that shows us how to navigate even the most treacherous situations of life. But we don't always, we have too many parameters around why we won't listen to that guidance.
0: So this is all of you, your reminder, your invitation to maybe take a look at how you're relating to everything out there that might be stimulating, you know, your nervous system in a way that has you in a fight or flight where you are completely not connective, connected to your creation, to your inspiration, to your intuition, to like the magnificence that is available for you right here, right now, in beautiful, amazing, abundant, clear, life affirming and life giving ways. Like if you're not tapped into that part of your life and that part of reality that is existing and misses other reality that we're also experiencing here, Mm -hmm. consider this your wake-up call to really look at how am I managing um, with all of this information coming in? What am I doing to help myself stay grounded? What am I doing to help myself, you know, quiet and tune into my own intuition and listen to those small, you know, little voices that are you know, really like the lions inside pointing you in the right direction. Yeah, so.
1: And it's always there, but then you have to stop telling other people. So like when I, when I got the message, you're not going to renew your lease. You, okay. I'm not going to renew the lease. How am I going to find a house right now? And COVID had just hit when I got this message that don't renew the lease. I was like, well, nobody's moving. Nobody like, well, I don't want to walk into a house. Nobody want to do anything. So if I had gone out and started telling my family and friends, oh, I'm about to buy a house right now. They would have all thought I was crazy because why would you move? And you're going to let movers in your house. You're going to walk in someone's house to see the house. Like it, it None of it made sense that I should do that at that time. But it was the perfect time. The owner, and so I said, okay, I told my realtor the house that I found. I could feel it was the house that was waiting for me. The owners were desperate because of COVID, their buyer backed out, but they were in escrow for another house. Now they're desperate to close a deal quickly because their buyer got scared because of COVID. They're about to lose a house that they want. So now I walk in and get this house under market value. I mean, under the asking price with a mortgage that's less than the rent I was paying significantly less. Everything worked out beautifully, and uh, you know. So you would say it doesn't logically make sense that you would make a move like this now. But when you clear, clear, clear that you're working under guidance and under grace, the the typical rules don't necessarily apply. And so, all of the, the COVID precautions were put in place with the moving team, with the realtor. We followed all the precautions and guidelines, and it was a smooth deal. And now, once everybody started catching up with COVID, not not, not catching up, but The the, over the summer, as the mortgage rates went even lower and people were ready to come out, and now the market is very hot. The house across the street from me just sold for over a hundred thousand more than what I paid at the beginning of.
0: Oh, my goodness. See the power of intuition and having the courage to follow it and listen to it. Mm -hmm. So here's, I'm going to ask you one more question, but before we get into that, I do want to just remind everyone that you can go over to the show notes for today's episode. Um, Dr. Nikki actually has a free resource over there for you. If the whole mindful leader project idea kind of resonated for you, you can get a free month of membership from her. So please do go check that out. You'll also see a link to her website. And um, you'll also see a link to my new um, free resource that I've got for you, which is uh, free trial access to my signature and award-winning Get Your Book Done program to help you get your book done. So you can check all of that out over on the show notes. And um, the, the, I think the last question that I want to ask you is right. But right, there's so many things, so many things that we covered today, um, and so many more. I feel like we could easily talk another hour. Um, but what I do want to ask you as we come into close here with today's episode is if there's just one golden nugget that you could pass on in our time together today that you want listeners to walk away with in regards to this holistic approach to authorship, which we sort of expanded to a holistic approach to living, um, what's the, what's the most important golden nugget you want everyone to walk away with?
1: Um, well, I guess as we speak holistically, I, I really want to encourage all of your listeners to really get in touch with that intuitive aspect of themselves, that inner knowing, that that knowing beyond logic, that rests side by side with their expertise, with their rational, logical, academic knowledge base, wherever they come from, and to just make a commitment to creating space for that secret sauce, that juice, that extra spark to breathe fresh air, fresh life, fresh possibility into whatever they are writing. There's so many people writing a book on finance or so many people writing books on relationship and they might be regurgitating what's already been done or said on that topic just to create a calling card for them to get speaking engagements and such. But what would it be if you created space developing a mindfulness practice, whatever be your strategies for cultivating your intuition and really tapping into that higher source, that something that's uniquely you will come in and shine a new light and a new way and bring a new dispensation of knowledge and blessings and vision and inspiration that the world hasn't seen yet. And they wouldn't see it just that way if it didn't pour through you. So I just feel like we're in a special time right now in the midst of all of our concerns with the pandemic to really give birth to new ways of being and knowing. And that's going to come through the intuitive spark that lives in each and every author, each and every thought leader, doing things in a way that have never been done before.
0: Mm, Yes, yes, and yes. I feel like Mm. some of you probably got your arms in the air going, yes, (laughs) I needed to hear that today. Some of you listening, I feel like are having that experience right now because it's so true, right? Mm -hmm. It's so true. The book is right there for you. And if you can access it through your intuition, not by working harder, like it's just a brilliant thing when you begin to really understand that it's not your responsibility to figure out the how, like Mm -hmm. it's your responsibility to open up to seeing how it's already figured out for you and then delivering that in only the way that you can. So, oh my gosh, Nikki, (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, again, we've got all of Nikki's resources, links to her books and everything over on the show notes. So please go do check that out. And just thank you. It was such a joy to just reconnect with you again and to see the amazing, incredible things happening for you and for the people you're serving since we you know, met all those years ago in that yes, packed little room in San it Diego. Was. <laughs> and thank you so
1: much for getting my little dust bunny off my uh, computer desktop and giving it life. And You know, the second book that we published together was the spark that got me to be able to teach mindfulness and mind-body work at the university level, training teachers in this work. So you just never know where the work that you complete will land in the world and where it will take you and what a difference it would make. But I just want to thank you publicly, Christine, because you stepping up to give me the courage to make this seemingly Fringe concept mainstream has brought my work into school districts and medical institutions and places where people would have thought uh, work on mind body work would not be welcome, so thank you so much,
0: oh my gosh, you're so welcome. I have like this huge <laughs> grin across my face and like a little tear you know forming at the corner of my eye because you just you don't know the impact and it really like it's such a joy and a pleasure and an honor um for me and my team to support amazing people like you and all of our listeners you know, in the pursuit of writing these books that do change lives and open up whole new worlds and possibilities and, you know, healing and hope and um, new realities for people. So thank you.
1: Thanks so much.
0: And to all of our listeners, I want to just thank you too for being someone who is committed to your transformational author journey enough to listen to this podcast, enough to be the kind of person who isn't just going to sit down and slap together a couple of blog posts and call it a book, but who's really going to take the deep dive, this holistic approach to authorship. I am so grateful for you being here. So grateful for you listening and uh, very excited as always to tune in with you next time. But until then... Happy writing, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere, and I'm grateful you tuned in.